بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار uh, so this is the second lesson on the series of lessons in which we take a topic from aqidatu uh, tahawiyah and just discuss that topic in light of the statements of uh, the scholars and the salaf and so on and so forth so today's topic the topic uh, of today is regarding paradise and hellfire and the fact that they are two created entities which shall be eternal and so imam at-tahawi rahimahullah he says in his creed wal jannatu wan nar makhluqatan that paradise and hellfire are two created things or they are created la tafnayani abadan wala tabidan and they will never never expire at all and nor shall they cease to exist or perish so there's a number of questions now as to why why is it that these specific issues or issues like this have been included within the books of creed that were written in that time why did these scholars what led them to put these statements or to write these statements within the books of creed in that time in the second or in the third century after hijra there are reasons for this and those reasons will become clear inshallah ta'ala as we proceed through uh, the rest of the topic in this lesson uh, but to begin with these two statements <coughs> summarize what we find in the quran and the sunnah what the quran and the sunnah what they indicate which is that paradise al jannah the eternal paradise is present right now it exists and is present right now and likewise hellfire it is present and exists right now and also that paradise was created before the creation of adam alayhi salam and that hellfire is present also in the same way that he created uh, uh, paradise so on top of this we know that allah azawajal he also created people that will be destined for either one or the other and that's why in the sentence that follows imam at-tahawi rahimahullah he said wa khalaqa lahuma ahlan that he created for each one of for each one of these two he created people who would enter who would enter into them so this issue then is an issue which is established all of these points which are mentioned are established in the affairs of belief and uh, as a general principle whenever it comes to any issue of the unseen because these are from the unseen there's a simple principle that we have with ahlus sunnah that whenever 
anything is mentioned regarding the unseen, we simply accept, we have iman, and we make taslim. We have iman and we make taslim. We believe in it, and we simply submit to Allah and to the realities of whatever, uh, whatever they are. Because these affairs cannot be fathomed by, by the mind. And this is because the creation that we see, that which we can see, it has certain realities. It works in a certain way. And the creation that we can't see, we can't, we can't make analogies. We can't analogize and say, for example, that paradise and the rewards therein, or hellfire and the rewards therein, um, that, that the rules that govern them are the same as the rules that govern the creation that we, that we have. The nature of the food, the nature of the drink, the nature of the plants, the, just the way things work, they're not the same. So we can't make analogies for that which is uh, seen, the shahid, for that which is unseen, the ghaib. We can't make analogies. And for that reason, the approach and the, the principle that we have is what I just mentioned. We have iman and we make taslim. Simple end of story. If you then try to work your intellect and you work, work your reason to try and to fathom or to understand or to try to speak about these topics, you are going to go astray. You will go astray. And this is what happened to people who began to speak about these issues like the Jahmiyyah and the Mu'tazila. Right? They, went, they went astray and they mis- misunderstood uh, some of these issues pertaining to paradise and hellfire and their eternity. So... Uh, this is the principle that we that we that we have iman, and we simply make taslim and we leave it there. So this issue then uh, is an issue in which people did speak, and they spoke uh, with falsehood. And from those groups that spoke in these issues were the Jahmiya and the Mu'tazila, and perhaps if we have time, we will look at some of their their issues and their arguments, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, but it's important to understand the principles which I mentioned so far, which is that the qawaneen, the rules, the sunan, or the ways with which the seen world operates, they are not the same as the rules, the qawaneen, and the sunan by which the unseen world operates. They are not the same. They are, they are, they are totally different. And so therefore we cannot really make analogies. There is qadr, Allah has made taqdeer for the seen world, that which is shahid, and he has, uh, he, he, he has taqdeer, a certain taqdeer, which is for the unseen world. And so with that, we'll begin and enter into some of the issues and look at some of the uh, evidences. So the first point really is, uh, we'll look at generally at the evidences first for the existence of paradise and hellfire. And so from those evidences, uh, first of all, is... Uh, the statement of Allah Azawajal, وَيَا آدَمُ اسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَزَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةِ O Adam, reside you and your spouse, your wife, in paradise. In paradise, al-jannah. And this jannah which is mentioned here in this ayah is the eternal paradise. And so clearly it shows that Adam inhabited that paradise and therefore that paradise must have already existed. Um... Also from the evidences, there are numerous evidences, maybe four or five different lines of evidence 
uh, from those evidences also is the fact that Allah Zawajal, He says uh, in the Quran with, re- with respect to paradise and hellfire, "Uiddat lil muttaqin." Uiddat lil muttaqin. Paradise, which is already prepared for those who have taqwa, and "Uiddat lil kafirin." The hellfire, which is already prepared for the disbelievers. So this verb "Uiddat" is in the past tense. It's a past tense verb. Which means that these two entities are already created. They must be. And also from the ayat in this regard, Inna Jahannam kanat mirsada. Indeed, hellfire is uh, uh, an ambush. And on the other hand, we see for paradise, Uiddat lilladina amanu billahi wa rusulih. So again, Uiddat here is in the past tense clearly indicates that they are both present now and that they are created now. A second type of evidence that we can find from the Qur'an and the Sunnah is that the Prophet ﷺ actually saw paradise and hellfire. And this was on the, the, the Mi'raj. And obviously seeing something can only be if that thing actually exists. You cannot see what does not exist. And that was not a dream. He saw it in reality. So this is another proof to show that paradise and hellfire actually exist right now. And so we see this at the beginning of Surah An-Najm, the 53rd Surah. وَلَقَدْ رَآهُ نَزْلَةً أُخْرَى عِنْدَ سِدْرَةِ الْمُنْتَهَى عِنْدَهَا جَنَّةُ الْمَأْوَى So when he went upon the Mi'raj, and he came near to the, the lot tree, the Sidra, and by it was the, the paradise, the garden, in which one you know, uh, seeks refuge, the paradise. And also in the hadith of Anas bin Malik, عنه, in the story of Al-Isra, when he said that Jibreel, that he took me to the Sidratul Muntaha, this tree, and it was you know, uh, enveloped in different colors, and then he said, Thumma I then entered into paradise. I was made to enter into paradise. And I saw tents made of pearls, like you see, you see the pearls. And there was tents made of pearls. And its soil was of misk, was like misk. And so again, clearly, this is clear evidence that paradise exists right now and is created right now. And this is a refutation, as we shall see, of those who claim that paradise does not exist now. It will be created after Yawm Al-Qiyamah. This is a false and a futile saying. A third type of evidence that we see in the, in the, in the texts is the mention of the punishment of the grave and the reward in the grave. And the fact that the, the soul, after death, it enters into paradise and into hellfire before the day of judgment. And so from this, uh, we see this from the hadith of Ibn, Ibn Umar, radiallahu anhu, said that the messenger of Allah said, that indeed one of you when he dies, his place is shown to him, morning and evening. If he is from the people of paradise, then from the people of paradise. And if he's from the people of hellfire, then from the people of hellfire. And it will be said to him that this 
is your sitting, your, your resting place, your sitting place until Allah raises you on the day of judgment. And there are numerous other similar hadith like this as well. Uh, in the hadith of uh, Al-Bara bin Azib, uh, which the lengthy hadith in which there occurs that a caller will call from the heaven that my servant has spoke the truth, meaning in the grave when you are questioned in the grave, the three questions. So when a person answers correctly, he says, my Lord is Allah, my deen is Islam, and this man was Muhammad, the messenger. Then a caller will call and will say, my servant has spoken truthfully. So spread out for him in paradise. And then a door will be opened for him towards paradise. And its fragrance and the, the goodness of it will, will come, come to him. And also in another hadith of Anas bin Malik, anhu, it will be said to such a person, look at your sitting place in the hellfire, which Allah replaced for you with your place in paradise. So this person will see both of these places, what he would have entered into of hellfire, had he gone into hellfire, but which Allah replaced for him with the place in paradise. And also in the, another hadith that indeed the soul of the believer, إِنَّمَا نَسَمَةُ الْمُؤْمِنُ شَجَرِ that indeed the soul of a believer inhabits a bird. And this bird, it rests on the trees of paradise until Allah returns his soul back into his body on the day that he resurrects him. Now all of these texts, they clearly explicitly indicate that the soul of a believer the soul of a believer, after he has been questioned in the grave, and the grave expands, and he looks into, you know, the door is opened, he can see his place in uh, paradise, that his soul on top of that as well, enters into uh, a bird, and the bird is in paradise. So this is a third type of evidence. The evidence which relates to uh, the grave, the punishment, the bliss, and so on and so forth. A fourth type of evidence is the hadith in which the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he saw during an eclipse there was an eclipse a solar eclipse and he was on the minbar he was given a sermon and uh, he then mentioned that whilst I was stood here in my place here I was shown everything which I have been promised until I saw that I wanted to um, take or grab something from paradise as you saw me walking forward. Because he walked forward and this is what he was seeing whilst the eclipse took place. And so the people saw him walking forward. They didn't know what, what he was doing. And then he explained to them that when this eclipse happened, it was shown to me everything which I have been promised. Meaning he saw paradise and you know the, the rewards therein. And he tried to hold uh, of something from it. So this is another proof, uh, an evidence to show that paradise exists right now and is created. Also from the evidences, a fifth type of evidence is that uh, Jibreel 
السلام, was sent after the creation of paradise and hellfire to look at them. And this is in the hadith of Abu Hurairah anhu, uh, in which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, when Allah created paradise and hellfire, he sent Jibra'il to paradise and said, go and take a look and look at what I have created for its inhabitants therein. He said, and he said the same with respect to uh, paradise, uh, to hellfire as well. So anyway, the point being, all of these evidences, they now clearly establish that paradise exists right now and it is already already uh, created. And uh, so we've looked at text from the Quran and the Sunnah and also the statement of Allah regarding the martyrs in the Quran. بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ فَرِحِينَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ وَيَسْتَبِشِرُونَ بِالَّذِينَ لَمْ يَلْحَقُوا بِهِمْ مِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ أَلَّا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَهُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Speaking about them, that they are alive, being uh, provided for by their Lord. And they rejoice in that which Allah has given to them from His bounty to the end of, of the eye. So we know that the souls we know that the souls of the shuhada that they are in paradise and they are being provided for. Okay, so now we'll go so after we've established the evidences, these are evidences from the Quran, from the Sunnah, from numerous types of angles which establish then our belief that paradise and hellfire exist now and are created. There are some issues now that we look at from Sheikh Salih al Sheikh in his commentary. And so from those Masail, from those issues uh, first of all, is that the, the creation of paradise and hellfire have, have already been completed. Right? They are not waiting for anything, for the, the day of judgment, or for anything like that. They are already completed and finished. And the evidence for this is, when you look in Surah Ibrahim, in which Allah Zawajal, He says, يَوْمَ تُبَدَّلُ الْأَرْضُ غَيْرَ الْأَرْضِ وَالسَّمَاوَاتِ The day on which the earth and the heavens will be turned. There will be another earth, a new earth, and the heaven. And so we see that here, paradise and hellfire are not treated the same as the heaven, heavens and the earth. It is the heavens and the earth that will perish that will you know be changed and a new heavens and new earth will be will be you know will be brought about and so the point being here is that paradise and hellfire do not come under the same category as the heavens and the earth because they were created before adam alayhi salam and before any of the mukallifin meaning those who are required to respond to the messengers also verse that we mentioned before, Ya Adam Uskun Anta Wazawjukal Jannah O Adam, reside you and your wife in Al Jannah. Al Jannah here meaning that which is already been mentioned, it is the paradise of of reward. The second issue then, which brings us to the topic, is that at Tahawi said, La Tafnayani Abadan Wala Tabidan which means that paradise and hellfire will never expire at all nor will they cease. And this means that paradise and hellfire have been created for eternity. For eternity. And this is what is indicated by the Qur'an and by the Sunnah, 
that the people of paradise will be in paradise forever and the people of hellfire will be in hellfire forever. In Quran, Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah Azawajal, He says, يَسْأَلُكَ النَّاسِ عَنِ السَّاعَةِ The people ask you about the hour, the establishment of the hour. قُلْ إِنَّمَا عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Say its knowledge is with Allah. وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَأَلَّ السَّاعَةَ تَكُونُ قَرِيبًا And what will tell you that perhaps the hour is close at hand? إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَعَنَ الْكَافِرِينَ وَعَدَّ لَهُمْ سَعِيرًا Indeed, Allah has cursed the disbelievers and has prepared for them the sa'ir, the fire. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا They will reside therein forever. To the end of the ayah. So, this is one of many verses in the Qur'an where we see it is mentioned, خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا They will reside therein forever. And the same can be found for paradise as well. There are many, many ayat in the Qur'an which establish this so the now so this brings us now to the various sects or the various groups who basically claim that paradise and hellfire are not eternal so there are basically two views the first view is this is the view which says that paradise and hellfire will actually perish they will uh, they will they will expire or they will they will uh, perish at a certain point in time, and uh, what, what they say what 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 they say or some of the reasons they give for this is um, how can someone be rewarded eternally for a reward that doesn't deserve such an eternal reward, right? So in other words, it's not just that Allah should reward. For eternity, for an action that doesn't deserve that. And it is not just that Allah should punish for eternity, for an action which doesn't deserve that. Right, so with this reasoning, they've come to the conclusion, and this is, this is what I mentioned earlier, that you can't make analogies. You can't make analogies between what we see, observe and experience in this life, with something that we cannot see. We can't make these analogies for for Allah, for His creation. But this now is using analogies. So on the basis of this analogy, they say that paradise and hellfire must at some point come to an end. They will perish. And also there's other arguments as well, which are behind this from those arguments as well, is they say that only Allah can be eternal, Nothing can be eternal besides him. So therefore paradise and hellfire must have must come to an end. So that only he is the one who, who remains. Anyway, these kind of ideas, they are put forward by the Jahmiya. The Jahmiya. This is one view. There is also another view as well, uh, which is said by some of the, 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 the Mu'tazila, which is that paradise and hellfire, there'll be a certain point in time, when everything will just freeze, it will stop. Right? So as people are in paradise and they're enjoying the, the pleasures and the rewards, there'll be a point in time when everything just stops and everyone just becomes frozen. And the same with hellfire. There'll be a point when everything just stops and ceases and everything will just be frozen. So in other words, what they are saying is, every motion 
haraka will stop. And again, this is it goes back to some uh, deep issues, and what they are really saying is. So in this view they say basically that the people of paradise and hellfire they will simply freeze and everything will stop and again there are some arguments that they that they bring um, they say anything that begins to move have motion it will always come to an end these are just philosophical issues we don't need to really get into uh, the point being that there were some reasons false reasons either by using false analogies false analogies or by entering into philosophical issues, they came to the conclusion that the reward and punishment of paradise and hellfire will cease, or that paradise and hellfire will eventually perish and come to an end. So this, these are obviously incorrect views, and uh, there are from Ahlul Sunnah some scholars who said, that there is a part of hellfire that will perish. So not the whole of hellfire, but a part of hellfire will come to an end. And this is because Allah He will make it come to an end. And then they explain that this portion of the hellfire that will perish is the portion in which the people of Tawheed, the Muwahideen, will be punished for their sins. And this is the highest part of the hellfire the highest part of the hellfire the first part of the hellfire into which the major sinners will fall and they will be punished for a certain period of time <clears throat> and so <clears throat> this is because as we know that the, that the people of sin the people who commit major sins those who you know uh, either fall short in the act of obedience or they fall into the, the sins the major sins and so on and so forth that they will enter into paradise, they will remain therein for a certain amount of time, and anyone who has even an atom's weight of iman in his heart, he will be taken out. He will be taken out after a period therein, and then that portion of the hellfire that was inhabited by all of those people, that will be made to perish or to, or to expire. 
Now this view is ascribed to some of the Salaf. Uh, it is, there are some narrations which come from some of the Sahaba even. Even though the chains of narration, there are some issues with some of the chains of narration. Uh, but this is the view uh, that some of the scholars, they held this view because there are certain athar that come from the Salaf in this regard. Even though those athar, there is some issue about their authenticity, authenticity as well. So this is one thing that we need to keep in mind, that from Ahlul Sunnah are people who hold this particular view, that a part of hellfire will, will perish. Now there's a second view, which we should be aware of as well, which is held by some from Ahlul Sunnah, and in fact from some of the Imams of Ahlul Sunnah. And what they said is that hellfire perishing or hellfire seizing is Mumkin. Mumkin. Mumkin meaning possible. Now pay attention to the words. They did not say it will come to an end. They said that it is possible for it to come to an end. And the reason this is this is a view that's discussed by Ibn al Qayyim, Rahimullah, and likewise Shaykh al Islam Ibn Taymiyyah Rahimullah as well. Now the reason why 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 they said this view it's important for us to understand why they said that this is a possibility. The reason why they said this was because, was because they looked at the attributes of Allah Azza wa Jal. The attributes of Allah Azza wa Jal. And from the attributes of Allah they deduced that, or they saw that first of all, Allah's attribute of Rahmah, Allah's attribute of mercy is an attribute which is a permanent attribute of his essence. This is a permanent attribute, a permanent quality of Allah Azza wa Jal, that he is one who is merciful. He's always described with being merciful. And paradise is from the effects of his mercy. Paradise is from the effects of his mercy for his uh, servants. On the other side... We see that hellfire is an effect of his anger, of his anger. But the attribute of anger is not a permanent attribute, right? In other words, we do not describe Allah as the one who is angry, meaning as in the one who, who is always angry. Just as we say that Allah is always merciful, because merciful is a permanent attribute of Allah Azawajal. On the other hand, the attribute of anger, ghadab, it is something that only Allah becomes angry in relation to certain things. He is not permanently angry. It is not from his attribute to be always the one who is angry. Rather, there are things which anger him. And so from his will, from his choice, it is tied to his, it is to his ikhtiyar, his will, his choice. Therefore, he becomes angry and at times he is not angry. So it is not like the attribute of Ar-Rahmah, which is a permanent attribute of Allah Azza wa Jal. So once we understand this, we know that paradise is eternal because it is the effect of his attribute of mercy. Because Allah is merciful and he's eternally merciful and his attribute, uh, his, um, it is an attribute of his essence. Then, he continues to reward his servants because he is merciful. But on the other hand, if we were to say that he will eternally punish with hellfire, 
That means hellfire is an athar, is an effect of his anger. And this would be the same as saying that his anger is a permanent attribute, which it isn't. Because there is no name of Allah which says that he is the angry one. Right? He's not, he's not, this is not a name of Allah. He's not permanently angry. It's not like a permanent attribute, unlike the various other attributes. So therefore, with this, with this understanding, where, where, they, where they understood that ghadab cannot be a permanent attribute, then they said that from this angle, it is possible, possible that hellfire can come to an end. And this is why Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he actually said that I asked my teacher, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, about this issue. And he said that this is a great and mighty issue. Meaning it's a very, very deep issue. And after he mentioned you know, evidences and, and so on and so forth, uh, after the discussion took place, then Ibn al-Qayyim said, okay, in this issue, what is the final thing? What is the final conclusive word that should be said about this great and mighty issue? Meaning that, what, what is the final word that you can say about this, about this issue? And so Ibn Taymiyyah said, انتهت أقدامنا إلى قول الله جل وعلا إن ربك فعال لما يريد He says that our, where we halt at, where we stop at in this issue, is the statement of Allah Jalla wa'ala, indeed your Lord is the doer of whatever He wills. Is the doer of whatever He wills. In other words, the position is that they, that, that, that they accept the possibility that Allah can or may put an end to the hellfire. Right? So this is the position of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, and likewise ibn al-Qayyim, and the Sheikh says here, Sheikh Salih al-Sheikh, he says, there are some people who basically claim, uh, who deny that this is the view of Ibn al-Qayyim and Ibn Taymiyyah. They deny this. He says, however, they are wrong. They are, they are wrong. They are incorrect in this. That this appears to be the statement of Sheikh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah and Sheikh al-Islam Ibn, uh, Ibn al-Qayyim. Now, there are some other explanations though as well. Some other scholars, they have other explanations. They say, that Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, that in his earlier works, such as Kitab al-Ruh, for example, he was of the view that hellfire will come to an end. And he said this on the basis of certain narrations from the Salaf. There are certain narrations from some of the Sahaba, right? Even though the authenticity is, 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 is in question. But he held that view on the basis of those narrations. And in his Later work, Al-Wabil As-Sayyib, uh, he actually held another view in which he, you know, which, which he basically explained the view that, that we mentioned here, which is paradise and hellfire are actually eternal and that they shall not come to an end, that they will not perish and that they will not come to an end. Okay, so this is that issue, that, dis- that, that discusses that issue. Um... Okay, we'll we'll continue uh, to finish with the third the third point the third masala, which is 
which is regarding paradise itself. This paradise, which paradise is this, or where is this paradise? Is this paradise that is eternal, that Adam al-Islam inhabited, is it on this earth? Or is it another paradise which is the eternal paradise? This is another issue that the scholars have discussed. And likewise, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, in one of his books, he discussed this issue in detail in Nadar, Miftari Sa'ada, and... Uh, he brought all the evidences for those who say that the paradise that Adam al-Islam was upon, was upon this earth. And he brings other evidences to say that the paradise that he was in was another paradise that is, that is uh, elsewhere. Uh, but that which is correct is paradise. The paradise is the paradise that is already created. It is the eternal paradise. It is above the seven heavens. And it is not the, not the, not the heaven there is upon this earth. And the evidence for that, what is the evidence? What is the evidence for this? The evidence is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal when He described paradise with respect to Adam al-Islam. He said, إِنَّ لَكَ أَلَّا تَجُوعَ فِيهَا وَلَا تَعْرَى وَأَنَّكَ لَا تَذْمَعُ فِيهَا وَلَا تَضْحَى So this paradise that Allah Azza wa Jal He put Adam and his wife into, He described it with the following. He said, Indeed, you will not go hungry therein. You will not be naked therein. You will not be thirsty. You will not be uh, thirsty, and nor will you, nor will you see la uh, meaning that the sun will not. There will be no like heat or sun arising, like we see when the day appears. So there will be not any of these things. Now that clearly cannot be this earth, because in this earth. The earth, the fruits of this earth are such that a person can feel hunger. They are not like the fruits of paradise. And likewise, the sun comes and we have the duha, we have the, you know, the forenoon. And uh, so, so this clearly shows that this paradise that Adam Islam entered is not upon this earth. It was rather the paradise, the actual eternal paradise above the seven heavens, uh, above the seven heavens. And also from the evidences is that when Allah Azawajal when he sent down Adam and his wife from paradise, he said, Ihbita minha, Ihbita minha, get you down from here. And this uh, descending down or leaving, it means that one leaves one place and then goes to another place. Right? So, uh, for someone to argue now that they left a higher place on the earth, a garden, and then they went to a lower place on earth, to another to another place, this argument is not correct, because you haven't you haven't left the same place, right? You're still in the same general type of place. You're still upon the earth, so you haven't really left the earth. So this cannot be the right explanation. So when it when it is said minha, this means that Adam Islam he left one place which is of one type, and he went to another place which is of another type, meaning he came onto the earth which is not the paradise which was created for Adam. So all of this makes it clear to us that paradise and hellfire are in a certain place. They exist right now, they are created, and they will never ever perish. And just to quickly finish off, uh, we will mention some of the doubts or some of the arguments which are used by those people who try to argue uh, you know, that paradise and hellfire are not created. So one argument is, the first argument is, 
is they say that if paradise and hellfire are created now, then what purpose are they serving? No one's being rewarded. No one's being punished. So this is just really like a waste. This is like a waste. What 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 purpose are they are they are they are they serving? This is just really ascribing idleness to Allah and playing about to Allah. This is one argument, the first argument. And again, you can see that in this argument, they are really using their reason or their aqal, right? So, um, the answer to this, uh, the answer to this argument is that. First of all, paradise and hellfire are not empty and vacant. They are not empty and vacant. We already looked at evidences previously that the souls of the believers, they are in birds in uh, paradise. And um, likewise, uh, when a person enters the grave and he answers correctly, a portion, a door is open towards paradise and he smells its fragrance. He experiences paradise in this sense. And likewise, hellfire, it's open and the person experiences hellfire. So they are not without purpose. They actually do have a, they actually do have a purpose. And also, secondly, the second angle in response to this is that if it was said to a person that if you sin, you will be punished by a fire which has not yet been created. And if you perform a righteous deed, you will be rewarded with a paradise which has not yet been created. This is not the same. This does not have the same effect as saying that, like we see what is, what is in the Quran, that if you are if you have taqwa, then you will you will have a garden which has already been prepared for the for the for the for the pious, or that if you are sinful and disobedient, you will have a hellfire which has already been prepared. And then likewise, when we see the descriptions of this already existing paradise of hellfire, this has a far greater effect upon the servants in fearing Allah and obeying Allah. Right? So it wouldn't be the same. So therefore, paradise and hellfire in this respect are serving a purpose. They admonish mankind. They make mankind aspire towards righteousness and good deeds. So this argument is false. The first argument is that paradise and hellfire are sitting idly doing nothing. This is incorrect. The second argument that they bring is that they bring certain verses in the Quran. For example, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ Every soul shall taste death. And كُلُّ شَيْءٍ حَالِكٌ إِلَّا وَجْهَةٌ Everything will perish except Allah's face. And so they bring these arguments and they say, that this is a proof that every single created thing will perish without exception. Everything which is besides Allah will perish. So then from this they argue that paradise will perish, hellfire will perish, Allah's throne will perish, the angels which carry the throne will perish, everything besides Allah will perish. And then, Allah will then create paradise and hellfire after that. And, and again, this is false. And uh, this is, uh, you know, this, this is based upon a, a misunderstanding of the verse. Because when Allah Zawajal, He says, Kullu shay'in halikun, Kullu here in the Arabic language does not necessarily mean every single thing. Rather, it means that everything 
which Allah has written for it to be destroyed. Right? It is not kul as in everything without exception. Rather it is everything for which Allah has specifically written and decreed that it will be destroyed. And so therefore the heavens, the earth will be destroyed. But as for paradise and hellfire and the throne and likewise you know, the, the, the other things, uh, whatever is in paradise or hellfire, they will not, they will not, uh, they will not uh, perish. They will not perish. So they misinterpret these verses. And the third and final evidence that we'll uh, bring, or the quickly we'll finish with, is that the Mu'tazila, they say that paradise and hellfire are not created now. They are not present now. And they bring in evidence and they say that in the hadith in which Ibrahim alayhi salam uh, was met by Muhammad on the night of Al-Mi'raj and he said to the messenger Muhammad convey my salams to your nation, to your ummah and tell them that paradise has a good, it has good soil and its water is sweet and that it is Qi'an, Qi'an, this word Qi'an, meaning that it is a place which is empty. It is empty. It, it, it has fields which are empty. And that when a person says, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar, this leads to trees being planted in those places. Right? So they bring this hadith. And Likewise, the hadith, Man qala subhanallah wa bihamdihi, ghurisat lahu nakhlatun fil jannah. That whenever a person says subhanallah wa bihamdihi, a date palm tree is created for him in paradise. So they say that a qi'an, meaning like an empty place, is for something that does not exist. And so the answer to this doubt, the answer to this doubt, is clearly in these hadiths. It's very explicit that paradise already exists. All the hadith is saying is that there are some parts of paradise that continue to be created on account of the actions of the servants. Right? So every time a servant, he says, Subhanallah wa bihamdih. Or he says, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. All of this results to things being planted in the paradise or the part of paradise which he shall inhabit. Right? So just because those things are not created yet, and their, and their creation is ongoing, does not mean that paradise itself has not been created. Right? This is just something that Allah that he has tied to the actions of the servants. So what does this tell us as well? It tells us that we, to the extent that we remember Allah we make this dhikr, we make the adhkar, then likewise to that extent will be the paradise that if Allah decrees that we go into it, that it will, it will be, you know, in, it will be planted with a like number of trees or plants to the extent of our, our, our dhikr. And finally, one final evidence we'll finish with is they bring the statement of the wife of Fir'aun who said, fil jannah. O my Lord, make for me a paradise, uh, make for you in paradise a house by you in paradise. And they say that his, that the Pharaoh's wife said, make for me a house. 
She did not. She did not say, "Give me an already made house." In paradise, again, this is a futile argument because just because a house has not been built in paradise, does not mean that paradise itself has not been created. Right? This is just a futile argument, and you see that the people of Bid'ah, when they when they are upon falsehood, they will cl- clutch at stars and try to bring anything that remotely supports their belief. So this is a futile argument. And these are from the Shubuhat of the Mu'tazila. So to conclude, to come to a conclusion, uh, paradise and hellfire are true and real. They are already created. They exist right now. Their creation is not idle without purpose. There are purposes behind it. First of all, when a servant knows that they exist, then it affects his behavior. Secondly, there are in the souls of the believers, they enter into birds within paradise. In the grave, people experience physically, truly and really, paradise and hellfire. And likewise, paradise and hellfire are eternal. They will never ever expire, nor shall they perish. And so this is the belief of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. And with that, we'll conclude our lesson there for today. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.